Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Product Coffee, a podcast where product management leaders share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. Wow, what I was going to say is it's making us think, is it time to actually start exploring product owners um, or scrum masters or a more legit associate product manager program? where we bring in more entry-level people to do kind of the more day-to-day uh, yeah. product work. And then we have all the PMs and senior PMs think more like product strategy and a little index a little bit more there. I don't know. We just started talking about that yesterday because <laughs> the pipeline's dry. It is dry. That's, that's insane. Well, that's, that's crazy. I think that's a, that's an interesting thing. Like, um, when companies in the mid to, I would say Colorado is a mid market, right? Like some mid to low, maybe, and you're not a San Francisco, New York in terms of, you know, housing and salary, but now since COVID has turned us all remote and most software companies are hiring fully remote. Yeah. That base is much different because yeah. there's not a calibration at the moment, right? It's kind of yeah. like, well, yeah, we're so comfortable. You, New York company, yeah, of course you can have that salary. That's that's low. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and then now that forces companies that are in that mid to low level markets. How can you compete? How does right. it work? Yeah. Um, yeah. You, yeah. Do you adjust? Can you not afford? Do you re- reset expectations? Do you get creative with the hiring strategy? Like, yeah. Do you adjust salary based on where the person is living and not where the company is headquartered? Could be. Could be. Yeah. Um, I think with my experience so far, um, that was one reason I left um, and went to a different company was that I could get a higher salary somewhere else at a, a, you know, an insane base that (laughs) in a company in New York, you know, like um, I wouldn't see why any other PMs wouldn't want to do that same thing if they could. Right. Yeah. Um, I think there's still the same things you look for in a job, but um, when you're faced with that kind of a, base i mean it's hard i mean if it's like a a 10k bump that's one thing but people are going out and getting like 30 or 40k raises by just changing companies and doing the same job which not insane it's crazy it's absolutely crazy yeah 
I think it's, I mean, it's like product people are getting to a point where they're in the same demand as engineering in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, if not exceeding it. Um, and yeah, I think the flattening of the market's really interesting. I think the market's really hot right now. I mean, it's kind of like the real estate market in a lot of these big metro areas where if you're not coming in and putting down like 5% over asking price, you're not even, you're not even in the conversation. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, and that's and curious where that intersects with Colorado because of the, um, the salary laws that, you know, you have to post the ranges mm-hmm. and be transparent about that. So then I would imagine yeah. that even kills the top of the funnel a little bit too. We're start. Yeah. We were talking about that yesterday. Like it's really, I think I fully believe it's the right thing to do to post those salary right. ranges, yeah, but I, I do think, yeah. yeah, but I do think it does kill the top of the funnel mainly because our, our bands are probably too low. Um, just given the market that exists right now. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it should be interesting to see how this pans out over the next couple of years. One, as folks go back more into the office and if that becomes a trend of software companies, you know, still demanding folks to come in or like, or seeing more value of them coming in um, at the yeah. time um, versus hiring remote. And uh, yeah. also the, the, that calibration of the, um, remote salary for a role and for product right. in the hot market. And there's a lot of good things going, a lot of I interesting know. things. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's changing so fast. Yeah. Yeah. We're starting to talk about like, do we even so, go to, do we even explore like workforce augmentation? Do we bring in contractors to do product work? Like, oh, interesting. I don't know. Yeah. So is there, is there a demand? Like, I know you guys are hiring and stuff. Is there work just getting not done or dropped on the floor at this point? Like, is there a resetting of strategy that also goes into consideration? So, yeah, I, I, I think yes to both of those. Um, I think we're at a point where we are, we have a number of squads who don't have product managers who need product managers. Um, and those squads are making do, but it's taxing the engineering manager and it's putting a lot of a lot of pressure on the engineers and it's putting a lot of pressure on the dirt the, the director um or the group pm or whichever squad whoever that squad um ladders up to but i think kind of bigger picture to your point about rethinking strategy it's like yeah are we investing in the right things like are we have we structured our teams in the right ways do we have our existing product team working on the right problems um and it's a good, it's a good, healthy exercise. I wonder like that PNL, like where does that sit? Is that irresponsible at the director group level that you guys can manage that? Because then, because it seems like because the departments are hiring kind of independently, right? I mean, they're, they seem to be working mm-hmm. off of different budgets. I'm not really sure how it works now, um, but how do you guys plan together better? and make sure that you have the resources needed to get the jobs done and make sure those jobs mm-hmm. done are the most important things. Right. 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 Yeah. I think right now to my knowledge, I bought a, there's a budget for the product team. Right. Um, so we're still hiring as a product team and not say as one product group versus another product group. Right. So we're not at that level. I, I mean, maybe someday we get there 
if Ibotta grows big enough. Um, who knows? But yeah, I think it, it is forcing a little bit of a reckoning on some of the kind of more more greenfield projects that we've been thinking about. Like, oh, like we really need to be disciplined and diligent about judging product market fit and making sure that there's enough here, there's enough of a signal to warrant continued investment. It may not be a total rocket ship, total product market fit, light the thing on fire, and it's just a cash cow. Like, no. But are the signals there that we may have found something worth pursuing and continuing to invest in? And I think I bought it's always been pretty good about doing that, but it, it also has been a company where it's just kind of followed its gut in some areas as well. I think we're trying to be a little bit more disciplined now about projections and um, kind of investment gates, if you will. Like, all right, we need to see this, that, or this performance before we say, sure, we can continue investing in this, or maybe we need to change course. Yeah, I think, and then reevaluating the projections around budget, right? And resetting mm-hmm. that expectation to say, well, if these are the if these are the projections and this is what we currently have in budget is a wiggle room. (laughs) Yeah. Can we get the talent needed to support it? Right. Because part of the projections is hiring and hiring the right team to pursue these things. And so if that's not a part of the projections, it should be, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting where I, I uh, similar, but different paths, you know, huge, different stage companies by a large margin, but you know, talent is still something that we're hiring for and, and something yeah. that we do face is budget and, and yeah. skills and yeah. what we need for what we need right now. And I think one of the things was at a small company like ours, um, having ownership of that PNL for department, it was super important. And really? I think that hasn't been, pushed over yet. Like it, it's, you know, yeah. one person owning the butt PL and kind of, you know, you're working with that person on all the details. And that, that's not mm-hmm. the intention. It was just kind of the way that it is um, because it was so small. Now you're kind of, you know, now growing. So then that PL yeah. gets shifted to departmental and uh-huh. a lot of, a lot of moving things, but we're in that transitional phase now where yeah. Um, each department doesn't own their own PL, but is the goal that would be the goal of like, you know, end of this year, for example. Sure. But there's so much yeah. that goes into that that they have to train, they have to offload, they have to, you know, um factor into a decision like that as as opposed to just flipping a switch. But yeah. Um then are you, you know, yeah. What let's just say are are you excited for that transition? Do you think that's the right yeah, I think, next step for the company? I do because it yeah. keeps more keeps you more accountable uh, for uh-huh. your department and what they're producing. Yeah. And um, yeah. going back to what I really enjoyed about Ibotta with the data driven aspect of this was, you know, being projecting how much a feature would drive impact and like making sure that each work that you're doing drives impact and tying that directly to that impact. I thought was really. Um, important because then when you talk about budgets that you have something to kind of lean on. Right. Mm -hmm. I think where at the time where I bought a fell short was actually retroactively measuring that impact and tying that back directly to the feature. Whereas like, well, then we said so, but actually that project failed, this project failed, this one might fail, but you know, whatever. Right. And so 
how do we yeah. hold accountable for the results of the the failures and the projects across you know your budget which is so how how are you doing things differently now yeah um well because we haven't had full pnl yet i think that's where things would change where you know you might have a different process in place to hold yourself accountable for um making sure though i think there was one thing that was missing was that retroactively measuring impact and calling done when the impact is met right and i think mm-hmm. that's where again at ibotta where i would left was where we hit into you know a, a a feature factory, right? Where you're just knocking out features. You're not held responsible for results, even though you had your OKRs, right? But if that wasn't the result that you were driving for the feature, it just becomes a wasted feature and maybe not, you know, seeing the result that you intended for. So I think what could be Mm -hmm. different in that scenario um, is what I would be put, what what I would be putting forward in, in my organization would be something like done doesn't mean, you know, the feature is delivered done mm-hmm. means that we hit that metric that we were projecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if the how changes or the what changes, it changes, right? The investment yeah. changes, yeah. maybe those variables change. It was longer. It was more effort X, Y, Z, but the whole goal was to be able to hit that number. And then we back out into OPEX and hours and all that. We can measure the impact. Um, yeah. So I think that that would be the change. Is how do you how do you change that definition of done to hold yourself uh-huh. accountable for the projections and your budget? Yeah, so, makes a lot of sense. I think something like that would be helpful. But then, you know, reevaluating the the budget and the constraints and what cadence do you do that? It's always interesting. Like I don't, you know, it's going to be a learning experience for me. I I yeah. haven't owned PNL uh, before, so I think something like yeah. that would be that's what I'm excited for. I'm excited to learn yeah. all the challenges that maybe I didn't yeah. have context for when we were making these decisions that I bought it. And so I think, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, it'll be a realization of like, Hey, you know, this is great. Like I didn't understand the complexities or, you know, things that were causing these decisions to be made. But, and now I do. Yeah. So now with my learning, maybe I can do it differently or something that I would prefer. Um, but yeah. So I don't know. What are you, what are you most nervous about or where do you kind of, as you think about taking on PL ownership, where do you recognize today where you have the biggest gaps in understanding your knowledge? Operating costs, right? Like yeah. how much does it cost to open the building or like uh, yeah, revenue per day? Right. And like how much yeah. revenue per day do we need to generate as an R and D department essentially so that right. we are, um, making a profit, turning profit on this. And so I think that's yeah. interesting because as, as I, as a PM wanting to, uh, <laughs> as a PM wanting to, you know, start your own company one day, I mean, those are, that's important. That's an important thing to understand and to, and yeah. to uh, manage appropriately. And it's probably, yeah. I think the thing that I'm most afraid of would be screwing that up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, yeah, of course, like making a wrong decision or, um, uh, also, I mean, I, I think as a different side of fear towards that would be forcing an empowered product team into a fear-based mindset where they can't explore or be creative. Like I, I would be worried mm-hmm. about that because that, that wouldn't be true to what I 
believe in as a product manager and product owners, like, right. How do you both hit your targets or make the right investments or balance the books appropriately while, you know, harnessing good creativity and, um, yeah. Delivering good and shipping good product. Like it's a yeah. hard problem. <laughs> right. Easy. I feel like <laughs> that is one of the biggest challenges of kind of being a product leader is yeah. just with product development in general, it is so abstract. It is so creative. It's, it's less tied to dollars and cents, or it's a right. lot more difficult to tie it to dollars and cents. So how do you preserve that? But that's how the best product is made too, right? Where it's like, right. you think about creating this space for creativity and exploration and experimentation. So how do you do that in a way? How, how do you do both? I think is really, really hard. And, often and, and I think it's the, it's the bounds, right? It's those creative bounds yeah. to be able to focus and harness that creativity in a way that they, the teams understand our constraints and can think of creative solutions underneath those constraints. Mm-hmm. And that that's hard. It's hard to communicate yeah. that one, if you don't have insight into PNL. So I think that's good. You know, we'll have insight yeah. to that so we can advise better. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in, in two, I think those solutions would be more guided, right? It, it is less like, hey, we have all the time in the world. We can do whatever we want. We can, yeah, of course, so we'll figure it out eventually. And we can test and, you know, yeah, it's a prototype. Let's go. Let's go and figure it the out. Money fountain never like, turns off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Versus, um, no, this is your budget. That's all you got, man. Like you got to work within yeah. that constraint. And then that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that pushes creativity a little bit more like similarly to as you're starting a company, like you have this finite mm-hmm. amount of resources to execute the vision and, and work through problem sets and, um, and good solutions are built that way. Good products are built that way. So I think yeah. how can you bring a little bit of that to the team, which would be interesting, right? Keep them accountable yeah. and hold them responsible. And well, I think, I mean, that's kind of the point of OKRs, right? And maybe, I mean, the way that we've always talked about, or at least I've always talked about OKRs, is giving constraints around business problems or customer problems, but not really factoring in kind of financial constraints or PL constraints. And that might be, it might be interesting to do that within the OKR framework. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's interesting because we always talk about, or we talk about empowered product teams, Marty Kagan directive kind of thing. But, but we're missing a huge side of that. Like, I think that could be factored in to make these teams more efficient and cognizant of the business needs and like mm-hmm. the, the, the risks that we have, like having a business owner or someone sales sitting side by side as a part of your team, it's almost like you're building a small company within a big company, right? As mm-hmm. opposed to a product team, you only have product and engineering or maybe analytics or more sure. uh, tech side of things. You don't necessarily yeah. have the business side of things, right? You have to go and you have to go reach and, and it's, it's almost like a waterfally type feedback process sometimes. Um, yeah. Could you bring all that under one roof and be effective that way? Be curious. And then you'd have like teams like, yeah. I think, 
I, I'm sure companies do this, right? You'd have teams like the product managers, the business person, what have you pitch for resources. They go to the, the CEO is like their board of investors and they're asking for resources to go make this investment. And then they have to account for their investment that they made previous and talk about their wins yeah. and losses and what they would do differently in their strategy, right? Yeah, I think that to me, that's what happens at larger companies. I mean, I've never been at a company larger than, than Ibotta, so I couldn't say one way or the other, but from people that I've talked to who have, the message has always been, or the story has always been, yeah, I have to go pitch my VP or whoever it is for right. resources or funding for a particular project. So I think kind of the, the world you're describing is real, but I think at smaller companies, it's just kind of like, this is what we've got, go do it. Like there's no, there's no pitching involved really. It's more like convince the CEO that this is a good idea and they need to go do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Aligned. Well, um, so we kind of bounced around a little bit here. We started with a, uh, um, hiring conversation around the budget and the, um, uh, um, the, the high ticket price for product manager heads at this point. And then we also touched on PNL and ownership and then, you know, um, a whole bunch of stuff. But um, if you were to give maybe one bit of homework to our listeners, Jake, what would you, what would you do? Um, yeah, I would say in thinking about hiring, the easy answer is always to say hire someone and then you can just do it incrementally. I think the harder conversation to have is, are we solving the right problems and is our strategy sound? And I guess my, my advice or my piece of homework would be, if you're having a conversation around hiring and incrementally hiring somebody, partner that conversation with a strategic reflection. Are you thinking about the right problems? Are you working on the right strategy? Is it, do you have the right scope? And sometimes companies get a little bit out of, out of whack in the scope of the strategy. Um, so think a little bit about, are we solving the right problems at the right time for the right people? And do we need to hire someone or do we just reallocate what we have? Yeah. So like even more refined there, uh, you set, set aside time every quarter, every half year, every year, whatever that cadence is appropriate for your team to reflect on the investments made, look at the budgets, look at the impact, be mm-hmm. able to, understand the impact that your features and products or whatever you're delivering to our customers are uh, are driving um and you know you either celebrate or you learn and and move forward yeah love it well looks like we finished up our coffee here so thanks for joining us today um go rate review subscribe comment share out on linkedin and uh go level up